Yeah, yeah. Welcome. I'm just. I don't know how to. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to raising better. kids who follow Jesus. That was better. Oh man, our, our knees. Our, our knees, knees are bumping underneath the table. That was a little weird. Sorry for those of you listening. Um, I guess we're sitting too close to the table, and we're both swiveling in a swivelly chair. Yeah. And so we were just like high fiving each other's knees there. It was great. It, well, you know, I love you, man. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll let it slide this time. I'll so raising time. kids who follow Jesus. Raising kids who follow Jesus <laughs> is we, the name of this yeah. of this podcast. Where we and, try to uh, answer questions and kind of talk through topics about, you know, the challenges of raising kids who follow Jesus. Or creating an environment in which they could follow Jesus. That's right. Or, well, like, obviously, if you're following Jesus, I don't know anyone who follows Jesus, like, seriously. Who, uh, you who's don't like, know one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone who follows, not seriously anyone. No, who doesn't want that for their kids. Exactly. Yeah. Who's like, oh man, yeah, I don't really, like, if they end up following Jesus, cool. If not, I don't care. Like, right. I've never met that. So obviously, um, we want to raise our children in an environment that makes it as conducive, conducive, <laughs> conducive. <laughs> this is about possible. to be just <laughs> chopped. No, 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 no. No, it's all good. And so we're, um, we're as just. As conducive as possible. Yes to following the Lord, and that is difficult in a culture that is so confusing all over the place and uh, left to its own. If you were raised by the culture that we are in, following Jesus would not be like the direction it's going to push you towards. So it's a challenge. Yeah. And so uh, last time we answered the question, should I let my junior high, middle school aged kids date? And the answer we basically got to was, nah, probably probably not. not. (laughs) Probably not. And uh, you can listen to that episode and even both of us did in junior high, and we yeah. both talked about how, like, yeah. It's kind of just awkward and weird. Yeah. So, you know, it's maybe a, a season of life where there's other things that we really want to focus on with our kids. Right. And, but how to do that in a way that's not just a hard line, like, no, because I said mm-hmm. so. Listen to that episode if you want to go there. Yeah, and today we're going to ask a similar question, not the same question. But Should I let my 24-year-old <laughs> Your 24-year-old should be okay to do <laughs> okay. that. No, no, what's the question? The question is, um, how do I help my high school-aged kid kind of navigate dating? Because yeah. not like, should you let them? Because, I mean, we can kind of dive into the should you let them. But I think for most teenagers, most late teens in the high school right. age, are they're going to be dating to some extent. Yeah, to some extent, what that looks like can, can vary. Um, there are going to be parents who have a really intense... Absolutely not. Not until mm-hmm. you're 18. Um, you know, it's kind of like that courting yeah. thing. And and look, if that's something that you do, you have a conviction. I'm a big believer in living by conviction. And there's no scripture that says that is a sin to right. do that. I personally, um, I do know some people who courted. And Can you define courting? Okay, I so was like, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Okay. I'm Christian school adjacent. I went to Christian school for a couple of years. I didn't really <laughs> see the, it all. In the mid to late 90s, there was there was a book written by a guy named Joshua Harris who became a pastor and then renounced his faith completely and totally <laughs> a few years ago and uh, completely like left I'm the church. I'm laughing, but that's really sad. Well, I know, right. But, he, but the point is, he wrote this book at a really young age called mm-hmm. I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Right. And it ushered in um, what was already sort of a growing trend, I think, especially more in like homeschool mm-hmm. um, communities. And in a lot of ways, I think it was actually popularized by the uh, the show 19 Kids and Counting back wow. in the day, The Duggars. Which also didn't go well. No, that no, real bad. Um, but it was just this culture of saying you shouldn't date. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally, parents should be hyper-involved in helping you select your future mate. Gotcha. And then from a, from, I mean, literally you can be 14, 15, you don't date, you court. You, if you decide to go down this path, you are deciding. You're like, this is, you're like you're wedding picking, planning. You're wedding planning yeah. and we're going to, and you're going about it so carefully that like, 
there would be no such thing as an unsupervised date. Your mm. parents are with you. So it's like family everything. to family. They're yeah. establishing that connection rather than person to person. Which, you know, I mean, to, to not be like, um, it's easy to look at that now and roll your eyes at, but mm-hmm. for much of human history, that was kind of yeah, how, how things, things work. How things work. So it's kind of an older sure. approach. But like I said, I've known some people that have done that, and that's a way to do it. Um, I've also known a lot of people who went down that path and came out of it. Um, I know someone who had a really early divorce because they were kind of ushered into that mm-hmm. and married someone they, they really shouldn't have married, right. but they felt like they kind of had to. And it, then they mm-hmm. were young and divorced going like, is this, now I'm a divorced person at 23 years old. Right. This is a stigma to them. They'd mm-hmm. raised that way, right? They felt like a failure. Um, and just a lot of other people who tried to raise their kids like that and their kids rebelled hard. Yeah. You know, the challenge in parenting a lot of times is if you are too harsh your kids rebel. Um, if you're too lax, they often resent you. Mm-hmm. But if you're too, if you're too hard, um, it's like it. As soon as you're gone, yeah, it's like they go crazy, right? And so, and, and obviously that's a generality. But yeah, that's the courting thing. And there's, there's, it's a way to do it. It's not the way I would recommend. Yeah. It. So courting is like you're still hyper control, hyper controlling, and it is family to family. But there still is like an acknowledgement of the romantic life still, of oh, your teenager. Well, and honestly, I would say most courting dynamics the kids are going to get married young right you're going to but be you're still acknowledging like i've, 18, I've had parents in the youth group that it was just an outright ban it was like not until you leave my house you're not allowed to date yeah how, how did that go not great <laughs> yeah well, so i mean well, it created a lot of secrecy I don't, obviously there's privacy you don't want to yeah tell definitely it, but but i mean it's been years and and i think there was lots of secrecy in those relationships and it's like i'm at youth group on wednesday nights so i see the kids in their environment like they're flirt they're flirting hard yeah they're, they're kissing like, you know it's like they're, they're kissing at youth group yeah I, madison what kind of like i had to chase people off one time like so like the i'm teasing. at youth I, group the parking lot clears out and then there's like one car they're still like i think that guy's car is still there and you're like why is that guy's car still there and you yeah. go up you're like guys leave go go home yeah. yeah no this the seat so this is uh we run, well, number one, all of our uh, main stuff for students is on Sunday mornings. No no kissing has so happened. It, it's really <laughs> since Sunday. No, but like we used to have, um, you know, these evening, late, you mm-hmm. know, late night type stuff. And we still do late night events and sure. stuff. But even when I was a kid in youth group back in the day, and I went to very like tr- buttoned up yeah. church type stuff. But it was just like, look, you got a lot of teenagers. It's nighttime. They're away from their parents. And it wasn't that hard <laughs> to sneak away. Right. Um, so yeah, well, and it created really easy, you know, conversations about their convictions and stuff. So it it created an av- avenue for me to have that absolutely. relationship with those kids. But but so what you're when saying it came is, to the parents, like they they were just living in a delusional world. Yeah, and what you're saying is even when they would drop their kids off at church, any environment, yes, that their kids were like, I'm away from my parents. Correct. This is a chance for me to to like explore that. Right. Even at church. So if they were somewhere else, like if they were at a football game, mm-hmm. or you know, a movie, right. it's like, take that and ramp it up to a billion yeah, percent. It, it, it just diminishes trust because that control gotcha. is so there. So you, you're saying that the more control you have seen in terms of that hyper iron fist approach, mm-hmm. you've never seen that really work out No. in the end. Yeah, someone gave me the analogy yesterday of like talking about freedom and boundaries and control. It's like, you let your dog have freedom by letting it out into the backyard to kind of like run around, but right. you have like a pretty good fence. So, I mean, or my you dog shock them when they get too far. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> intense. Yeah. But <clears throat> shock collars for children. You have a high enough fence it. that it can't jump over, and yeah. there's like a, there's a strong boundary. 
you don't let your dog out into the front yard to experience that same level of freedom because it's going to run into the road Correct. and get, get injured. So I think as parents... To, so it's like controlled freedom. Yeah, to give them strong boundaries. Strong boundaries. And strong boundaries that communicate the values that you have and, you know, articulating those values so that when they are quote unquote led into the front yard they understand what yeah. the, the fence was which doing is like in the college first place. college is right like, yeah that's a, that's a good way to look at it and i think that the reality is teenagers are going to start having these feelings the hormones kick in it's a normal part of life in most of human history you know i mean gosh even my grandma my grandmother i was like my grandma she passed away my mm -hmm. last grandparent she passed mm -hmm. away um, a couple weeks ago she was 87 but my dad just turned 70 mm. So I was like, wait a minute. And I think she may have been 86 and a half. Like she was almost right, 87. Right. And I was like, well, dad just turned 70. And I was like, hey, dad. How old is you know? mom? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, she got married at 14. I think she had me at 16 and a half, 17 years old. Wow. And that wasn't, that's, this was small town right. 1950s in rural Missouri. So that wasn't like some scandal. It was like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you pick your person and, and whatever. So even in previous generations, like the idea of should I let my, it wasn't, should I let my teenager go on a date? It was like, should I let my 14-year-old get married? <laughs> you know, So we've come an interesting place mm -hmm. where in some ways our culture, we try to delay that a little longer in our kids very often. And at the same time, we live in a, an even more sexualized culture right. that has more negative um, areas of exploration. Right. And so you got to be really careful not to create too much of a controlled environment because it's that, that same energy is going to go other places and it might go other places anyway i'm just saying sure. it's, it's harder to control than you think and for most of human history there's been a recognition of like yeah this is actually an it's age the season of life where this is a season of life when this stuff starts to happen yeah. so let me let's ask that should you let your 14 year old get married i don't think so i don't think so either i guess it depends on your culture yeah i'm gonna depends say a hard, on, i'm gonna say a hard no what is the what's what's going to be Look, the advantage of your family's you joshua said as for me and my house <laughs> we will serve the lord i say as for me and my church no 14 year olds get married <laughs> i feel like i can stand by that Okay. Oh, oh, for our church. Yeah, definitely not. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, all right, so... No, for sure not. So, high school. High school. Mm -hmm. When you entered high school, Madison, what year would it have been? <clears throat> your first year of high school, roughly. 2009? 2009. Yeah. That sounds about right, yeah. Because um, I knew you back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I entered high school in 1998. Yeah, sounds right. 1998. So let's go to 2009, Madison, freshman in high school... Um, unfortunate, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, what was your dating pre that year? What was, what was your understanding of dating? Like what did, what was your, I think I had a long-term relationship with a girl and that was just not, and we talked about that last time. I think it was like, you just, you, you saw each other. You no, 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 that was middle school. So like eighth to ninth grade. Maybe it was it was ninth grade. Okay. It wasn't eighth grade. That's the first yeah, time you yeah. had like a person that you were. Yeah, ninth we're grade exclusive. was. She yep. likes me. I like her, and we. Yep. We 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 talk. We. Yep. Got you. And I think what what was unfortunate about that is we became the same person. So like, hmm. everyone in our school could identify us as the the same. Was it a smaller school? It was a smaller school. Yeah, but it was like our our identity became about each other yeah it was like it wasn't madison it was madison and yeah and the x let's, and the just x. Call let's call the, the x. x yeah it's all good <laughs> um okay and so by by high school you were starting to have what what was your parents approach to that were they cool with it were they um so my parents had a pretty 
And oh, your your parents might. I see your face. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. like, are my parents going to listen to this? And yeah, they what might. Can I say? They yeah. might. Well, they might. And I've been open about you know my family's dynamics. So my parents met and were unmarried when they got pregnant with me. Okay. And so they were pregnant really young, and they, they really up, didn't want that to happen for you. I'm sure. Yes. Right. And so it wasn't necessarily. They weren't you know all about. They didn't again. They didn't do anything wrong in this, but they weren't all about like fostering intense values they were just about avoiding Avoid, that like, story so and I'm, i and i know your parents and i love your parents so yeah. are you saying it was more in the like it was like whatever you do don't have sex but if you do but if whatever you do, you do there's condoms in the got, drawer yeah okay so it was more of like please don't go down the path we did because it made life so hard even right. though you're the result of that yeah right. so yeah and my, my parents my dad was married before he married my mom and mm-hmm. their relationship i mean it's it, yeah yeah it, it's and, not a storybook thing either well so and I, I think okay. that's the 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 problem i think with with every parent is like we have our own personal stories that we carry pretty personally yeah and it's hard not to only see that as the only option for your kids well i've known it's funny you say that some of the parents when i was a youth pastor that had the hardest like not you're not dating a guy right. i'll like beat him up kind of thing yeah. if he ever comes around were actually people who i know from their stories were pretty sexually promiscuous right so it's like hey man because um, they were burned in that way. So and it's, yeah. They, it's almost like, too, they don't create the possibility that maybe their kids won't have that same story, even just based on temperament. Right. Like, they'll <laughs> say, like, I don't want my kids to become me, and I definitely don't want my kids to date the me back then. Yes. So I will, like, <laughs> I, will, I will fight I will to fight, make yeah. that not happen. Yeah. So, okay. So you were starting to have relationships. How yeah. did that go? How did that, what was, I mean, not, again, not super great, but I mean, in high school was when I met Hannah, who's my wife. And so, that serious relationship turned into, you know, long distance college relationship turned yep. into a marriage eventually. Mm-hmm. Now you so have I two, did. Two I had children. I have two children. Third on the way. Yep. No. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, um, no more kids. No on more the way. Ki- two, two awesome right kids. Uh, two boys. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been married how long? Seven years. So you married your high school sweetheart. Yep. It's kind of hard to tell high schoolers not to date. Yeah, I wouldn't say that our, married our story, again, it's like the thing where it's like the personal story. I don't think our story is everyone's story or should be everyone's story. But I think most people, this is my general, my general advice to the high schoolers is if you're not like fully really into that relationship, break up when you graduate high school. Cause then you got kind of like, if you're like two years go by and you're like, I still think we should date, then great. Re- redate that. Person. Well, and you know, the funny thing is when I look at our church, it's amazing. Like, other people, a lot of people, yeah. We had that. I was your youth pastor. There was a there were a fair number of marriages right. happening, right, as a result of the youth group because you and Hannah. But you met at school. But then like yeah, Taryn and Robertson, who are mm-hmm. people that still go here and are involved. They they Bryden were, and Savannah. Bryden and Savannah. They didn't date in high school, but they Correct. were friends in high school. Right. And it, so it's it's it happens. So yeah, I was in the same boat. I married my high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Megan and I did not start dating until right at the end of my senior year. Mm-hmm. And she was a year younger than me. So we had a long distance relationship because I went about a thousand miles away to college. But up until Megan, I would say that my high school dating life was disaster. Mm. And what it was for me was I moved a lot, number one. Mm. So, you know, I was kind of lonely, I think, because I went to see two schools in seventh grade, three schools in eighth grade, three schools in 10th grade. And you know, it's like I'm I'm gregarious and outgoing, so I never like looked like a sad little. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like I'd show up in a new school and be like, "Hey, what's up? I'm the new guy." Right. And girls kind of liked the new guy. Yeah. You just had an instant intrigue factor that right. didn't last long. I'm not I'm not bored with you. Yeah, I haven't. You didn't 
I don't know anything about you, right. mysterious person from a different world, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I, I didn't have any close friendships. My closest friend when I was in high school, early on especially, was my little brother who's six years younger than me, almost seven years younger than me. Right. Because he's the only person constant in my life. So I go to a new school. I want to fit in. I want to kind of like have a, I want to be cool, whatever it is. And, you know, it was just easy for me to have a girlfriend. So I would, I had a lot of girlfriends, mm-hmm. a lot. And they didn't last that long. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of relationships that were way too physical. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a constant for me. It was just girlfriends, crossing lines. Okay, then I, I started to like really take my relationship with Jesus more seriously. It wasn't like I had a moment where everything just was completely better. Right. But I made some commitments. I was like, I want this part of my life to belong to the Lord, mm-hmm. meaning my dating life. Mm-hmm. I knew it didn't. I love Jesus, but I kept that part of my life as my Separate, thing. Separate, yeah. And I started sophomore year, like, okay, Lord. I had some church experiences, and I was like, I, I want to give you this part of my life. And I still struggled. Mm-hmm. I still had issues with that. But when Megan and I kind of started, I was, I was on a, I'd had the worst relationship I've ever had. Like I'm, I met a girl that I thought was all about Jesus. I let my guard down and I was complicit too. It's not like it was her fault, but like it got really bad. Um, and then I was like, that's, that was like a wake up call. Mm-hmm. And then like Five months later, Megan and I started hanging out. And Megan had this reputation of just super, she didn't date much. Um, she was really just, she, everyone really respected Megan. She had a lot of character. And, and so when I started dating her, it was like, well, I don't want to ruin this mm-hmm. this girl. Like, I don't know. It's just something about her made me go, I want to do this the right way, right. even more than I wanted to before. And I think even being long distance helped because mm-hmm. then we had a year where we couldn't. Right. You know what I mean? So some of those temptations that are common at that stage went away. But I married, my point is, I fell in love and married my high school sweetheart. So mm-hmm. here you and I are, and it's like, well, should I let my high schooler date? Well, we're both married to our high school sweetheart. So, <laughs> so we're going to say yes. <laughs> so there, there, there's like, hey, that's a possibility. Why is it so hard? To let them date or well, to why is it navigate? So, why is it so hard to navigate as a parent? Like you, basically well, think, what, what we've said is they're probably going to, yeah. unless you are someone who takes a super hard line and be really careful about that because yeah. it often goes poorly. They're probably going to date and it's going to look in a... Yeah. But it's hard to navigate. Why is it so hard I think, to navigate? I think because it's like what you said about the relationship previous to Megan, where it's like, isn't it odd that you're saying as a as a sixteen year old, like you were like this was like things like this was a wake up call and like yeah. it's like you know, it's like very oh, seventeen. The wake up 17. call. Seventeen. Yeah. Okay. But you, yeah. It's it like a wake up call. Dating I think is the first like official foray into like it's before you have bills, it's before you have true, mm-hmm. like intense responsibility. But like the, it's like the first true responsibility of saying like I'm accountable to myself and I'm accountable to this person. Yeah, these and we both can that ruin I make each other. Can really affect other people right. and the rest of my life. Correct. Yeah. And so it's the first time that that like weight is put on it, and so it's really easy to just want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, it it's hard because you don't want to be the third person in your child's marriage. Did you ever have this dynamic where, like, your mom thought you should go out with someone? She's like, hey, what about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the reason I say that is because I think the other end of that spectrum is there's the fear and, like, almost wanting to pretend like it's not a thing. The other side of that is sometimes navigating it as a parent is like, I think they would really be good with this person. Mm -hmm. And you almost get involved in, like, a matchmaker type way or you're sort of, like... Like he's he's available. He's he's go or, date him. Or yeah. you're, you like the person that your kid is dating, and so you kind of 
treat them like family and right. maybe and earlier then, than and, you ought to. <laughs> yes. And it makes it like there's so many dynamics. It could go. Right. You could be too against it. You could also be too for it. Right. As a parent. I know parents that have been too involved in like a mm-hmm. it's like, hey, stop. You, you know, shouldn't make your kid. Yes. They just broke up with their boyfriend. Okay. And Let so, them not have one. Yes. This is the, and maybe this is the, uh, the filter that I think might be really helpful. I, I'm thinking of it as that fence because Proverbs 22, six, this is kind of like the classic parenting verse, but it says train up a child in the way that, that he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from, from it. And so, um, to not say like, Hey, we're never going to talk about this. We're not going to do this but rather establish the fence, establish the boundary. Um, and I think the major boundary is dating ain't married. Mm-hmm. Dating ain't married. And what comes with that when you've clearly articulated like what marriage is, mm-hmm. I think will give some healthy you know, perspective on what, on what dating is. Okay. Um, so dating ain't married, um, I think one, gives the student or the, I say student, the teenager freedom to break up. Right. Because I think because of the weight of the responsibility of like entering that for the first time, when you do have that like serious relationship that you're like, wow, I'm like, I'm like a normal person. I'm an adult. Like you feel like older than you are, you know, you feel like responsible and it's fun, but to say like, Hey, you're allowed to break up and that's actually okay. And it'll be painful, but it's not, it's not a divorce. I tell students in the, the youth group a lot when they start dating each other, I was like, okay, just so you know, like, I love you guys together. You seem like really cute together or whatever, but y'all aren't married. So when you break up or if you break up, you don't have to choose which one gets to stay at church. Right. It's not a, <laughs> there's I, not like I, a custody battle I, of I friends. Leave, I, I leave the youth group to you. Yes. Right. Um, you get the youth group. I get the friends. It's nothing like no, that. 100%. And so dating ain't married means like, Hey, you're allowed to break up and actually feel the freedom to because this is going to be a trial run in a lot of ways. No, actually, something my mom did that was really good. Um, Megan and I, you know, we didn't start dating till the end of my senior year. I'd already chosen my college. Mm-hmm. I wanted for a minute. I got really head over heels fast. And um, so for a minute, I wanted to change my, my college to stay here. Mm-hmm. And my mom's dad were like, no, you got scholarships to this school. Right. You no. And that was a wise decision. Right, because you weren't married. Because we weren't married. Right. But then even when I went, my mom said, and it wasn't her trying to sabotage my mm-hmm. relationship with Megan. Um, it really wasn't. She said, hey, listen, just because I had like made promises to Megan. Like I was yeah. so in love that it was like, we're, we're going to get married. I'm going to wait for you. You're right. Gonna... And she said, listen, if you go to college and you meet somebody else and you have strong feelings for them, don't feel guilty if that happens. And it was her way of saying, I know that you have, you know, I know that in some ways you've, you've already kind of crossed this line in your heart. And if you crossed it a little early... You, it's not, okay to say I was wrong. Yes. Yeah. And I was she and and I wasn't wrong. Megan was the person for me. Mm-hmm. And I actually knew I I knew that like like I remember even thinking, you know, uh you have no idea, mom. There's no one like her, right? <laughs> yeah. Um but when I got to college, it wasn't I didn't even have a moment of like, huh, this girl's yeah. It was like, ah, there's Megan's the girl for me. Yeah. Um I actually think she wavered a little bit more than I did in that season. Mm. But that's okay. Um uh, she came around, you know. <laughs> but my point is that was a really helpful thing my mom did because it did, I didn't need to go to college thinking that if this high school relationship didn't make it, I had right. failed or, yeah, or yeah. had betrayed. You yeah. know what I mean? That was good. And I think it, it gives 
gives your kid room to know that like this isn't the final version of them. Yes. And, and, if, there's a, and there's a way out of this. Right. And so if they see that as like this is a permanent deal and you know a lot of a lot of kids end up f- feeling that way and it might yeah. be like maybe this is the only person I can get and to break up with them actually shows like no 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 there's there's other people you'll be able to date, date yeah sometimes date more people. And a lot of times people in high school especially early on maybe it's the first time someone else has really been into them right and one of the dynamics that you deal with a lot is that kids Kids are far more attracted to people who are attracted to them. Yes, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, they like you me? had a you had a crush on me in ninth grade. I, I should have known this. Like, well, I never even thought about you in this way <laughs> until now. But now, right. I think you're the most amazing person in the world. Yeah, you, know, you have good taste. Yeah. So, obviously, and so to give them that filter of breaking up, it's like, okay, then in the future, if they have the ability to break up and the skill okay. set of breaking up then they'll be able to do that as an adult when the stakes are higher and they get more So one know, of the filters intense. that you've sort of seen is dating ain't married. So Oh, dating ain't married I think is the only filter. That's the filter. Uh, yeah, because then you start talking about things like so that's the breakup side of the fence and then mm-hmm. there's another side of the fence which is the physical stuff where it's like hey, God designed marriage to be the context in which sex happens and having a really articulated like this is why I believe this even if you've made the mistake. I guess that's the hard thing with parents is like we reflect on our own mistakes. God has grace for our mistakes, but then we don't um, feel comfortable casting the ideal vision for our kids. We're like, it's always couched in like, I made this mistake, but X, Y, Z, you know, like trying to process it out loud, but it's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, like, no, this is actually why God made this for marriage. And Oh my gosh! It's so we. This is a separate conversation. We did a series last year called the Biblical Sexual Ethic. Right. So I don't want to get into all of that. Sure. But it's so funny how it's so easy in our culture for people to say, "Oh my gosh, marriage and sex and blah blah blah," like mm-hmm. old old school stuff, mm-hmm. right? If the entire world followed God's model, yeah, which was um, pick a person, right? A person. Commit to them in front of your family and in front of God, <laughs> and, and and then save the sexual stuff for afterwards. It's like you would literally, within a, a decade, if everyone did that, you would have you would completely eliminate sexually transmitted diseases. Sure, you would completely eliminate their crisis pregnancy. I mean, in yeah. marriage, well, like, even marriage <clears throat> pregnancy is kind of a crisis because you're like, yeah. oh man, this changes everything, but not like the it's same not way. Life ruining. And, and I say all that to say, not like God knows what He's doing, right? And in the system He's created is definitely for our good. Yeah, and I think it's that's for our, instead it's for of our good. framing it in in the negative, I think that that it is like something that God wants for us. 100%. And that there are certain things that require a strong foundation. Like you need to build a building on a strong foundation. Correct. And you can't have the bells and whistles of the building without the I, strong foundation, yeah, I don't if think that makes a, sense. Yeah, like, I, I've used an analogy with my, my oldest, um, and, it's, and it's, a, it's an analogy that's not perfect, right? Sure. But we talk about driving. Right. You know, like, hey, someone built these roads to be driven on. Yeah. So they, they don't, they want you to drive, but like, what if I just went backwards? What if mm-hmm. I went a hundred miles an hour? There's all these, there's these guidelines and rules on the road and mm-hmm. they're not there to suck all the joy out of driving. Right. They're there to take something that is really good and really useful, but could go really poorly and right. guide it in the right way. And the, the analogy just being like, the Lord's done the same thing. Like mm-hmm. he's the one who built the roads. He mm-hmm. created sex. He created this relational thing, but he also created like a path and if you stay on it it's going to go as well as it could so that, that's a different thing but your yeah. point is marriage is that right and so the same dating ain't married is like hey guys 
dating ain't married. If you if you pull these things into the relationship now, when it's, you're not married, it's putting a it's a, it's putting a weight on the relationship that it can't stand. Right. Like that the found again the foundation's not there. The the license. I mean that's a it mm-hmm. gets kind of weird. You don't have you, your, <laughs> you don't have your your license. Um, but it it <laughs> it's too difficult and it's easy. It's a little bit easier talking with. Um, students who are like recently graduated or maybe have moved in with a couple of buddies where I'm like for your girlfriend, moving in with your girlfriend, like Mm -hmm. with your buddies, when you're rooming together, there's like a certain level of like, I'm going to be in my room. You're going to be in your room. We're going to kind of fight about this, but right. It's like, Like, I stopped taking my stuff out of the fridge. If the lease comes around, we can, we can kind of get out of this. And when you, I just, that, that just won't happen with your girlfriend where it's like that stuff will happen. And if you don't have that foundation of like, we're actually going to work on this, you actually might be ruining what could have been the right relationship hmm. by like starting all of that stuff early. It's too soon. It's like, that's the burden that we're not able to be- to bear right now because I'm always thinking oh, of man. the back door out of here. Well, no, like one of the dynamics I've had to do, even with you, is like at, at a pretty young age, we brought you on staff here, mm-hmm. but we had to sort of slow roll you into certain roles. Yeah. And even now, we've had these conversations. I think there have been times where I... I involved you in conversations maybe a little earlier than I ought to have. And you, right. it ended up feeling like pressure to you. Sure. Like I remember one time I let you in on kind of a leadership decision mm-hmm. I was making. And, uh, and you, you like got kind of emotional. And I was like, what, what is it, man? Because I had a lot of respect for you. So I was like, well, I want you to learn these filters. Right. And you were like, well, it's just the person. It, it was I was letting someone go. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, they're just my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's true. I was like, I... Uh, I didn't think about it like that. I was more like, <laughs> well, you know, this is the right decision. And Madison is someone I see being in a leadership role. So right. I, want, I want him to kind of understand some of these dynamics. Yeah. But <laughs> in reality, I was just like, but I just wasn't ready. And you sad. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And so all that happens, and we can promote people into failure right. in jobs. Um, you know, and that's, yeah. And again, that's when you're talking with your teenager about a relationship that's going really well, that mm-hmm. they're wanting to pursue a sexual relationship and they're wanting to pursue, you know, like, well, how hey, do you this know they is... want to <laughs> check their phone. <laughs> don't check their phone, no. but <laughs> just don't let them have a phone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Listen to our podcast about phones earlier. Our, our episode on that was pretty good. No. Um, but how do I know they want to, are they, uh, 14 to 17 and, or 18, and are they a person? Like, right. that's just something that, that happens I know it was a joke. Season. It was a joke. Um, okay, so dating ain't married. That's the filter. At least, yeah, as I've I, processed I would, it I would add one. We can kind of wrap up, because if we, we can always revisit this later. Sure. I would add another dynamic is don't add to the pressure as a parent. There, dating ain't married. Your families aren't joining. Don't, like what, yeah. you, what you were saying was... And I've kind of already talked about some of this stuff. Yeah. But da- high school dating is pressure. Yeah. I mean, there's the pressure of what people will think about you. I remember this wasn't even high school. This was middle school for me. But I dated way too much. But I found out that I had a girlfriend that I really liked. Her name was Shannon in uh, seventh grade. And I found out Shannon was going to break up with me. And I was really heartbroken about it. But I was also like... (laughs) That's going to be fine. (laughs) No, I didn't want the stigma of having been broken up with. So I (laughs) broke up with her instantly when I found out. Someone was like, she's going to break up with you. So I went and broke up with her. I didn't want to, but I I, I... and she literally was like, I was going to break up with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I broke up with, I, I want yeah. the, the official story is I broke up with you because the actual pressure I was feeling is what will everyone think. Mm-hmm. So much pressure on teenagers when it comes to dating. And as a parent, if you can be someone who 
alleviates that pressure. Maybe it's the pressure of feeling like a failure. Look, here's a, here's a reality. A lot of people listening to this, if anyone ever does, <laughs> a lot of people listening to this will have kids that they've raised to follow Jesus, and the kids maybe even tried really hard to do it the right way, but they crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And it went, you know, something, whether it's you know, sexual, whatever, it just went, it got out of hand. There's now a lot of pressure feeling like you failed God. Right. You've ruined your, all that. And as a parent, how do you teach them to follow Jesus, but also be like Jesus? Mm-hmm because Jesus dealt with people who were failures right. in the traditional sense all the time. And yet he, it was like, he showed them compassion, love, and then there was still the go and sin no more mm-hmm. dynamic of like, we're going to, we want to live right. Right. But man, if your kids feel like if they were, if you were ever to find out that they've messed up, mm-hmm. that their life would be over. Um, and sometimes they feel that just cause they're wrong and right. they exaggerate. But if that's a reality, and you're like, oh, if I ever found out, they're, well, hold on. That's a lot of pressure. Right. And now, that pr- we don't tend to perform great under pressure. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of work and time. Um, in fact, I, I do basketball training with mm-hmm. a lot of kids because, you know, I'm, I'm such a good athlete. Um, <laughs> I'm just obsessed with basketball. And uh, this, I was working with a kid, and he, his dad was watching him play in a game. And he's pretty new to the sport, but he's got an opportunity to play at the school that he's at. And so he just had moments where in the game, he just did silly stuff. And the dad was like, what's that? I was like, it's pressure. Hmm. He's not used, he doesn't do that when we train because it's just me and him. There's no pressure. Now you add people watching, you know, there's a score. And in that same scenario, all of a sudden he's like tense and all that. Well, Mm -hmm. because people have to learn how to perform under pressure. There's so much pressure with, with dating and all the dynamics that go along with that, all the heart strings that are, you know, tied up in that as a parent, don't add to the pressure as much as you can. And sometimes I think the pressure is never talking about it. That adds. Yeah. To the I pressure. was going to say like, authentically checking in and not just like, I don't think that adds to the pressure. Right. That's what I'm saying is, is, is a good way to manage that because it's not like you're rooting for the relationship so much that they feel like they can't break up. And it's not like you're against the relationship so much that it feels like they should. And I'll also say too, like, I think a parent probably has maybe one or two chances to to really and genuinely kind of call a shot in terms of saying like, hey, I really, I really do think that you should break up with this person. Mm-hmm. And I think the parent should probably also really be right in that sense because yeah. if they're not right and that is the person that they're going to marry and that's the dating relationship into marriage that, you know, gets experienced, it's like I think as a parent – it would have been better to kind of hold your tongue and, you know, wait yeah, on I that. Get that. Like, um, and so just be really discerning and um, sparing with your like hard advice where you're like, actually this person. Yeah. Probably seem, pr- pray, like, pray a lot. Yes. And I would say if you're married to someone else and you're raising in a two parent household, man, really talk this out right. with your spouse. Definitely. And spouses be able to be, to have these conversations. Yeah, that's where you process it. Yeah. Not where because like, if you're divided in this as a couple, yeah. you know, if the wife is all about the, yeah. the that's going to create all, the kid will just choose right sides. And know? so we went over the boundaries and some thoughts there, and I think just like not a boundary but a goal that might just be helpful to instill in terms of the values mm-hmm. is like here's a values as boundaries, but this is a value as a goal is like they should share the same conviction and direction of life as you. Like if you're going to date someone, like. Just make sure that they're going in the same direction. Not not that they have the same passions, not that they have, 
a family that makes sense. Not that they haven't made mistakes, but that right. the direction that they're going. Like you look at the disciples, like you would not be like, those guys are going to be really like close friends. Well, they were that all on very, together. They were on very different levels and even different stages of maturity. Right. But they were all moving in the same direction because right. they were all following Jesus. Right. And I think the key there is like, man, having a relationship. Like it's weird because I don't. It's like I'm the pastor of this church, and so on one hand, I don't want all of our high school students dating each other in the youth group <laughs> because I used to be a youth pastor and I know it comes with some complications. Yeah, we don't we don't do our youth group. You're not out there matchmaking kids in the youth group. No. Right, which is good. Right. At the same time, it's like for parents would be like, well, if they're going to find a, a boyfriend <laughs> or girlfriend, I'd really like that to be someone at church. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. Because I, Megan and I actually went to the same church and you and Hannah mm-hmm. and Robertson and Taryn and Savannah and Bryden right. and, you know, even Alex and Heidi. Right. And Matt, like church has been a link for so many people here. Like, so I get it on one hand. No, because it, yeah, it creates all this drama. But on the other hand, it's like, well, yeah, when I think about my son, if he started dating as a 15, 16 year old, and that was the, fr- and it was someone that goes to church. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that that's, it could be worse. That would be, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> you know would be I mean? great. Yeah. And it's with that caveat of breaking up isn't a divorce. So right. you don't have to leave have the to church leave when they break up. But, so, yeah. Okay. But yeah, just giving them that goal of saying like, hey, same direction, same focus, same, same core value of, yeah. you know, and, I, and going of to Jesus. church is not the exact same thing as following Jesus. Correct. I think that's, in, that's important. I think following Jesus comes with a lot of like, um, self-respect and mm-hmm. with with that self-respect comes respect for others and so i've i mean we've had students in the in the youth break up for very legitimate reasons yeah that were like i really love this person but not right now because they're yeah. crossing a boundary we're not like on the same core value thing and that's totally fine it's awesome um and so you know just having those boundaries those expectations or i guess goals to move forward would be helpful okay so recapping um it's a stage of life where they're probably going to, and if you you can try the hard line, right? Not in my house, not under my roof thing. That um, experientially, I, it, a lot of things have a lot of things have to line up. For it's that to well, and right. it sets them up for failure. It sets it, can, it sets the current so. the current situation up for secrecy, and the future situations up for failure. Yeah, and there obviously people will have different convictions and say, yeah. I, I do it that way, and I've had success. That's that's fine. We've just said. I've seen that. I have. I do know people who are married and seem mm-hmm. to have really healthy marriages, and that was their mm-hmm. story. I also know a lot that are the other direction. Right. So there's that. They're probably going to. This is a reality of their stage of life, just like people used to get married at 14, 15, because that's the age that those things start to really wake up. Right. So then creating an environment that is low pressure, mm-hmm. but I would say comfort level with transparency, mm-hmm. so you can have those conversations, and dating ain't married. Yeah. So that takes the pressure off, but it also sets the boundaries. Mm-hmm. What's appropriate for marriage? And you can involve your kids in that conversation. Hey, what do you think is appropriate right. in marriage? Right. What do you think's not? Like, and if they say, I think sex is appropriate outside of marriage, cool. Do you think raising babies is appropriate outside? Well, no, I wouldn't want to raise right. a baby with someone. Well, okay, well, one thing leads to another. Sure. Um, so, you know, have those conversations, but it's not so much of, of a, should I let them? It's a, how can I help them navigate it? How can I help guide right. them, teach them in the way they should go? Yeah. Like, like scripture says, and um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Be on the same page with your spouse. Pray a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you summed it up great. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So Lots of things. Yep, There, there's how do we help your high school kids navigate dating. Thanks for listening, y'all. Yep, talk to y'all soon. Bye.